What's up, everybody? Here we are again at the Energy is Love podcast. Third or fourth week of the podcast. I'm not quite sure. We're almost coming up on a month and everything's going beautifully well. Uh, I love doing it. Everything about this experience has been amazing. I love the people that I'm getting to meet. My favorite part is we've got listeners in Hungary, Romania, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Russia, New Zealand, Colombia, Canada. All these different countries are starting to pop up where people are tuning in and listening and downloading the episodes. And that's incredible. I absolutely love that aspect of it. So thank you, everybody out there. That listener out there in Hungary, thank you. That guy in New Zealand, I appreciate it. Colombia, I sure hope you understand what I'm saying because I don't speak Spanish, but thank you for listening. We have to thank our sponsors for the podcast, Crystal Water Float Spa located in Tooele, Utah. Go online and find them, crystalwaterfloat.com. Go on Facebook and find them. Their Facebook is Crystal Water Float Spa. Crawl in that tank of salt water, lay back and relax. Heal your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul. Spiritually, it's one of the best things that's ever happened to me, and I love that I get to float. And I love that I get a float at Crystal Water Float Spa. So go check him out. We also got to thank Debryman. Debryman's been sponsoring small businesses for the past 10 years. And the podcast wouldn't be what it is today without Debryman. Become a sponsor of the show. Contact us. Email us at energyislovepodcast at gmail. Or go online to our Facebook page, Energy is Love Podcast. Let us know. We want to help. We want to get your message out. We want to spread the word that you've got to share. We want to expand everybody's mind and everybody's experiences. So come be a sponsor of the show. Contact us and find out more information. If you want to donate money to the podcast, we have a GoFundMe set up. You can either go to GoFundMe.com, search us out, or just go to our Facebook page where we've got it linked. Next month, we're going to be devoting an entire episode to your questions. So if you've been listening and enjoying the podcast. Maybe some things have been kind of percolating in the back of your mind. Now's the time to reach out. Contact us. Let us know what questions you have. Go online to our Facebook page and message us. Or if you want to email us those questions, you can do that as well. I think my wife's actually going to sit down with me for that episode and We'll talk a little bit about our journey and our experience and the way that we work with energy. We're professional intuitive energy practitioners. And so now's your chance to get some of those energy-related, spirituality-related, floating-related questions out there. And my wife and I will sit down and answer all of them. And that'll be a really fun episode. I'm looking forward to that. We love doing the Energy is Love podcast. We love our listeners. We love the fact that we're all across the globe now. Whatever episode's coming up, you guys are going to enjoy it. I guarantee it. The podcast for what? The Universe On today's episode of the Energy is Love podcast, we got the opportunity to sit down with Ohm McManus. I met Ohm at one of the festivals that my wife and I were um, participants at, and Ohm was in the booth next to us with a group of people. Um, Ohm is a massage therapist. He practices energy work in a variety of different ways. Ohm is part of Bristol Cabins, which is located up in Lava Hot Springs, Idaho. Not only does he live there, but he he works with clients there and sees different people and does different things there. He's a really interesting guy, and he had some really unique perspectives. Um, One of the things I think it's important for people to remember is that in the realm of spirituality and energy, um, even just in life in general, people have their own viewpoints and their own perspectives when it comes to things. And that's kind of the neat thing, and I love getting to meet new and interesting, unique people that think about things in a different way. It helps me in my journey and my process to expand my mind. And that's the intention of the podcast is to kind of spread that out there. So Ohm was a super interesting, cool guy and some really unique, different at times, bizarre, but that's okay because everything's just energy in the end. And this is the Energy is Love podcast. So everybody enjoy this episode with Ohm McManus. You're listening to the Energy is Love podcast. Energy is love. The Energy is the love podcast. The Energy is Love podcast. Energy is Love. The Energy is Love podcast. The podcast for the universe. The Energy is Love podcast. 
What's up, everybody? Today on the Energy is Love podcast, I have a special guest sitting down before me. His name is Ohm McManus. Ohm traveled all the way from Idaho to come out and be on the show today. Thank you very much. And how are you? My pleasure. I am exquisite. Thank you. <laughs> so I met you last month. It was at the Infinite Possibilities Consciousness Festival Expo. I always forget the names of all of them, but it was the one that was held up in Ogden, and that's where we met. Mm-hmm. My wife and I had the pleasure of being in the booth right next to you guys. Mm -hmm. So first off, tell me a little bit about, there's a lot of things that I want to talk to you about, but give me your introduction as to far as who the heck Ohm is and where you originate from. Well, that's really an involved question. Uh, <laughs> my path through life has been to undo a lot of the dark deeds that uh, those behind our government and above them uh, energetically and spiritually, et cetera, et cetera, have perpetrated on this planet. So uh, I do know that I was born in Ohio somewhere. Uh, at some point in, when I was about two to three years old, I was taken, kidnapped really, from my birth family and placed in another family. So from there, it's like came out to Utah and lived with this family until probably about, oh, two, three years ago when, you know, me being who I am, you know, uh -huh. I've taken a shamanic path through life, you know, and part of being a shaman is revealing truth where there have been lies or illusion. And it just, you know, at that time, it just really sunk in, hey, these people are not your family. And they're also, you know, treating you in a way, they've been treating you in a very abusive way. And it's just time to release that relationship. So, you know, I just keep asking questions through my heart and listening to spirit and, and going with the answers I receive. You totally got to go into that more. So you're born in Ohio is what you said. Yes. And when you're about two or three years old, you're essentially kidnapped. Yeah. So what the hell happened? Like, tell me about that. What do you obviously, first off, do you remember any of that as a, as a kid that young? I do have a clear memory of of the day that this happened. I was in a store. My mother had me at the park, and these guys in black soup just walked up, scooped me up out of the chair, started running with me. I could remember hearing my mom's screams, and I was taken to the back of some sort of vehicle. And, uh, you know, I just remembered this, discovered this, you know, a couple months ago that was actually my my biological father. He'd been blackmailed into uh, giving me up for these these black up types of programs. Really? Yes. That's super interesting. So they brought you from Ohio to Utah as far as you can remember? Well, they placed me with this other family. So this the, the father of the woman who raised me, uh, excuse me, her husband, uh, mm -hmm. they had two children together. He was also involved in these black ops projects and both, uh, his, both of his sons were involved in the projects. The younger of the two whom I was chosen to replace, uh, was killed in some sort of accident instead of the usual cover up. Oh, you know, he, it was like his own fault or anything. They just decided to put in a, a double. Like a replacement kid. Yes. Wow. And so as far as I'm aware, uh, uh, this woman is unaware that anything had happened. You know, there's, you know, just looking back at my life, I, there was just moments where it was like, you know, I could see in her face or read in her aura. It was just like, okay, this kid really looks like my child, but there's something that's just not right. I can't really put my finger on yeah, it. Yeah, there has to be some part of you that would know or sense or realize that. Oh, yeah, as any good mother would, would yeah. be. So that's how you were brought up and raised? Like, do you have 
portions of your memory and going back and looking at it where you also felt like, because I'm trying to think in my own space, if I'm two or three years old, the memories that I have from that time period are very vague and kind of convoluted Mm -hmm. and they don't start to really kind of solidify until I'm, you know, five, six, seven, eight years old. So do you have, like, did you always know growing up that you weren't in the family that you were supposed to be in or how did that go? I think that it was a very vague awareness of that. Uh, So keep in mind that these shadow government types have technology and also mind control techniques at their disposal that would uh, effectively erase the memory of being in one place and make it seem like, okay, so this is where I'm supposed to be. Just make it seem like it was the norm. Yeah, because, you know, as you're asking this question and I'm tuning in my feelings about it, it's like, you know, I just feel like I was really disoriented, really drugged up, and I probably was Mm -hmm. uh, because there was other things going on. Like, so, you know, we hear about people being abducted by aliens, Uh by these gray, gray bobbly head things, and not all of them were actually extraterrestrial. Some of them were just these, these government types dressing up like this. So it's like, hey, alien visitation, when really it was just them. Yeah. So I would be taken from my bed, either physically or, you know, they have a way of transporting someone through their through their DNA signature so you know think like the star the Star Trek transporters uh-huh. and taking them to different places and so I underwent a lot of uh, mental conditioning uh, sexual abuse ritual abuse uh, of a Luciferian type so that means like having sex with children uh, abuse of, of that nature mm-hmm. and so that was going on pretty much from the time I was four till 14 so about 10 years yeah. And, you know, we, we see, you know, this is funny that we're doing this right when the news is blasting all this, this stuff <laughs> about Orlando. You know, all those people have been, gone through this similar process that I went through as a child. Yeah. You know, so they're just programmed. So if someone, their handler, you know, says a, a certain phrase, they'll just jump into action, go do things. And when they come out of it, you know, you ever notice how they look like they're all drugged up when they're on TV? Yeah. They have no awareness of what they've just did. And that's why they claim, well, I didn't do it. Or, yes, I did do it. Uh, you know, you can tell there's nobody home. Yeah, they're kind of disassociated from it. Uh-huh. And if so you came, well, when I say you came out of this, I mean, if I'm not mistaken, you said that it's only been like two or three years since you've kind of transitioned out of that life. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was when I was going through massage school that I really, and I am a licensed massage therapist, by the way, <laughs> uh, that... Yeah, we can get into all that stuff in a <laughs> yeah. little bit. Uh, I... Uh, those memories started to come out and it wasn't just in this lifetime. Like it was also, you know, things I experienced back in Atlantis. It was like this big, big jumble. Uh And, you know, it, it took the caring and love of a very special woman in my heart to help me sort through it all, but also, you know, activate and realize, realize my healing gifts and talents and what it is that I'm here to do for the world. I mean, at that point I had some sort of inkling. I didn't realize, you know, just, you know, what it was that I could do or what, what my purpose really was. I just, just, you know, came across her and, you know, it was, <laughs> uh, just one of those things where the universe is like, okay, so you really need to meet this person because, you know, there's something that's gone in your life that just isn't right, that yeah. wasn't part of your original intended plan or path. So we're going to line you up with people who can, who have the ability to help you realize, first of all, what's been going on and correct the situation so that you can step back into the path that you were intended to follow. So you talk about paths and mm-hmm. we'll go off on a tangent here for a minute. Sure. Um, 
is there a part of you that thinks that, like you said, that this wasn't necessarily the path that you were intended to be on and something kind of came in and subjugated and took over control and you got steered to a different direction or a different path? Or do you think it's all the beautiful dynamic aspect of energy in the universe and the way that it spins that this was in fact your path and it just had to progress in that certain way? I'd say both. Yeah. I mean, you can't, really can't have one without the other. And really, it's like focusing on the beauty. And, okay, so maybe it didn't go quite according to what I'd originally intended, yet here I am, and I'm experiencing the beauty now. And this is certainly making it a lot more effective for me to fully do what I need to do here. So both. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that's kind of strange and bizarre and out there and weird on one hand, but then in no way, shape, or form, do you know what I mean? Am I discrediting or discounting your experience? I mean, it's it's not unheard of, I don't think. I don't think it's outside of the realm or the scope of what's possible. Mm -hmm. um, I've just never sat before anybody. That was, that was the very last thing that I thought that you were going to come out with. <laughs> when I say, Om, tell me about your life. That wasn't what I assumed or what I expected. So that's super cool. But how do you feel like that has... See, this is weird if you've only kind of been out of it for two or three years. Do you feel like you're, you've been out of it? When I say out of it, it's, I mean, it makes it sound like you left a cult or something like that, but have, do you have enough distance from that experience at this point to kind of really, um, constructively look at it and gain from it? Or are you still kind of in the process of doing that? Does that make sense? Yeah, you make perfect sense. And I really feel like to answer this question, it just points out to my strength of character, strength of will and determination to to overcome this and also benefit all of humanity by by resolving all of this in the way that that I can do this. So you know, I mentioned that you know uh, my friend uh, helped me realize my my gifts. You know, this uh -huh. is my gift to help uh, heal this and bring bring forth the solutions to all of this in an energetic way, so that it can then be manifest at the physical level. So you see it for that aspect, but do you have enough distance from it? Meaning has enough time lapsed to where you really are kind of able to constructively take from what it, from that experience and benefit from it? I'd say that happened on the fly. I yeah. mean, it's, it's like, okay, so this has gone on. Okay. So I can see how this is disrupted me mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and just taking a, you know, baby steps at a time to, uh, rebalance and heal and reconstruct myself, but also uh, apply that to the collective consciousness. I and mean, we are all interconnected. And in doing so, it's helping others who have gone through such abuses and traumas they may not even be aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, it's helping them come to a breakthrough point where they can uh, become aware of it and, and ultimately overcome it in and of themselves. Did you find much... I mean, my guess is, because th with the limited amount of time that I've known you and things like that, my guess is you have probably found a lot of peace and comfort in the realm of spirituality and energy work and things like that in order to kind of help you through this. Because honestly, that's that's a life of trauma. Like, that's straight yes. up chaos. That's yes. shit that leaves ginormous kind of impacts on you and your vibration and your energy. Mm -hmm. So prior to kind of like what's your spiritual path, your spiritual journey? Have you had an experience? Um, like, I'm just super curious. All these thoughts are running through my head, man. I'm sorry. What do you remember? 
energetic things from your past or did you have kind of an awakening moment? Do you, do you understand what I mean by energetic things? Yeah. Yes. Uh, I would say there was a person that entered my life about, oh, 11 years ago that I would attribute to catalyzing me to waking up and uh, really accepting the more spiritual aspects of, of this journey. Uh, all throughout my life as a teenager and all that, I was more interested in like, even as a child, uh, more interested in like the more esoteric type of experiences. Like I would watch shows that deal specifically with aliens. It wasn't like a science fiction television show. It was more like, like a news program. And they're talking about aliens and people yeah. getting abducted, unsolved mysteries. That was one of my favorites growing up. Yeah. On uh, just different shows dealing with uh, alternative topics uh, like tarot and divination and uh, Area 51, things like that, <laughs> uh, when I was a teenager. And, you know, so there was I, a part of you that was kind of always drawn to this stuff. Yes, yes. Did you ever have any interaction with it other than that? Like, do you know what I mean? Do you ever remember having like a really profound spiritual experience at a younger age or? going and sitting before a tarot card reader or something like that? Or was it more or less just you always had a draw? I would say that they were sporadic. There's nothing that comes to comes to my awareness that, that feels like, you know, a profound moment. Mm -hmm. You know, there'd be times where, you know, I, I bought my first crystal or uh, giving my first tarot reading after I started hearing about it and, and researching a little bit. Um, I would say that's been more like a, a gradual unfolding rather than, okay, bam, here it is. Bam, here it is. Yeah, you have some near-death experience or some life-altering thing. You know, I think at sixes sometimes there's people that do experience something like that where it's like, bam, mm -hmm. and then that experience was so cataclysmic in a sense where they suddenly are awoke, and then there's other people that just kind of progressively move towards that space. Um, wow. This is sparking a bunch of questions in my head, but let's, let's see. Um, let's jump a little bit. You're up in Idaho now. Yes. Tell me about what you guys are doing up at Lava and everything like that. Cause that was super interesting when we learned about it. We didn't get much time to talk about it, but tell me more about that. So I live in a place called Bristol Cabins. And so we're an intentional community based upon sustainability and arts and healing. So through sustainability, we're talking about, you know, growing gardens and, and raising animals and uh, using, using the earth to, you know, construct our homes and, you know, really just bring back these skills that have fallen into disuse through, uh, through mass production techniques. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I feel like also like an intention behind all, all of what these uh, large corporations want to do is just make us dependent upon upon them for, you know, every aspect of our lives. Yeah. And so, you know, really it's about breaking free from all that and realizing that, you know, we as individuals are very powerful at shifting our own lives uh, and also about coming together as community so that we remember our strength within our ties within one another and, you know, create something going from there with that as our foundation. Mm -hmm. And how long have you been up there? Or first off, how long has, what is it called again, Bristol? Bristol Park or Bristol Cabins. How long have they been there? Oh, they, well, the property was first a, a mining operation back in the 1920s, late 1800s. Uh -huh. And so there was a woman named Susie Bristol who, 
opened up cabins there for for the miners to stay in. And then later, you know, she started renting them out to, you know, just people coming through the Lava Hot Springs area to to stay in for a night. And then I think it was late 80s, early 90s, the Petron family uh, purchased the property and you know, raised their family there and also uh, reopened the cabins for people to come stay in. So it was vacant for quite a number of years, as I understand it. And about five years ago, uh, two of the children moved uh, from Minnesota back here and started started this intentional community and reopening the, the cabins again. So it's been a very, very quick yet uh, swift uh, transformation, bringing yeah. that back online. And how long have you been up there with them? About seven and a half months. Okay. Um, you said you're a licensed massage therapist, right? Yes. Do you incorporate some of that there? Do you offer that as a service up there for people that are staying? Yes, and I also offer what what shamanism has activated within me as far as offering coaching services and uh, reconstructive services energetically, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, you know, think again, going back to Star Trek, think of it when they go into the sick bay, the doctor can diagnose things, and he has all the tools there to, you know, fix whatever's going on. I, I feel my skill set is very similar in that way. Yeah, and this is what I want to get into because – so you're a, you're a massage therapist. Do you have some other specific modality that you? I abs when I say absolutely hate, I don't hate, but I I feel like people in the realm of spirituality and energy work and healers like that. I think we limit ourselves when we get stuck in the concept that we're just a modality mm-hmm. as opposed to the broad expanse of all that energy does and can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but. <laughs> To make it easier to talk about and for the listeners that are listening, do you have a modality outside of massage therapy that you incorporate into energy work? Again, I would say that I do. Just, you know, it's it's my uniqueness, mm-hmm. what I offer as as who I am, what I'm here to offer as as a being of love that I put into each and, each and every one of my massages. Now, it could just be I'm do, doing just a straight-up body work. Uh, I do have the capability of, of touching someone in a spot, you know, like right here in their arm or whatever, and there might be some sort of energy blockage there. I can read that and help them mentally let go of that in that way. Uh, and, you know, I'm beginning to notice – uh, a new aspect of these gifts opening up where it's like, okay, so I, we started our garden this year uh-huh. and before we tilled it the first time, there's like this peppermint plant glowing, growing in there. And it was probably about five, six inches tall. And, uh, the radius of it was probably about a foot. Yeah. I put it in a plot, a pot <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's sitting right, right next to my door of, of my personal living space and massage space. And in a month's time, it's grown to about three feet tall and about that width as well. Wow. And I'm just noticing that, you know, my gifts are literally about restoring life to or accelerating growth wherever wherever I focus my intention. That's super cool. Do you think that that's just merely the plant being in your energy or do you actually work? Because, I mean... This may seem crazy to people that are listening, but hopefully if they're listening to the podcast, they're they're ready for crazy or they want to expand. But it's already been crazy. <laughs> <laughs> do you do work on the plant specifically with that intention or is it just the mere fact that it's in your vibration and energy, you think? Yes to both. I would say that I don't 
you know, in my head. So there is a distinction between the heart, what the heart's awareness is and what the head uh, thinks that it wants. Uh And I simply put that intention sense, you know, it is my mind. I can do with it as I, as I choose. I simply put the intention mentally into my heart to whatever this plant needs, uh, my heart will emanate it. And so with that intention, it's like, it's just actively running through my energy field uh, that is being affected in that way. It's activating my DNA and my DNA, the gifts contained within the DNA mm-hmm. are assisting that plant in growing. And I'm noticing that uh, all around the cabin, not just, you know, this specific plant, even though that's where my mental focus has been, it seems like, and actually it is, the the plants all around the cabin, the grass is growing a lot faster than it does anywhere else. Yeah, everything else is kind of picking up and absorbing that stuff. Mm-hmm. That's super cool. Is that essentially what you do when you work with somebody as well? Do you know what I mean? Set that intention in your heart and just bring that space for them? Yes. Um, I set the intention that whatever I can provide for this person as far as helping them be the best that they can be in their life, and even if it is just a one-time shot and they get relief for that one session, great. Uh, It's going to produce a lasting result for them in that, you know, since my vibration is so unique and so so very restorative and life-giving, Ultimately, it is going to help them in their own way, even if they're not on a, on a conscious uh, spiritual path, uh, to help them find what is going to help them lead the most fulfilling life possible. Yeah. Um, who are some of the people that you, whether they're people in your personal life or things like that, or people that have, you know, great authors or teachers or spiritual kind of gurus, who do you draw inspiration from or who do you look for? Or look towards, I suppose, for answers. Very interesting question because it's like it's really just a moment-to-moment thing with me. Where it's it's like okay, at the moment it's it's J.K. Rowling, you know, the author of the Harry Potter books. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I feel like she put a lot of a lot of good messages in into that series where it's like, you know, love is so overpowering when it comes to, you know, dealing with abuse and trauma or uh, the courage to to face those who have victimized you, things like that. Yeah. And I would say that my greatest inspiration is always what is coming in through my heart. So in a sense, you know, I, I hope I don't come across as conceited or anything like that. That's not my intention. Uh, simply being honest, I feel like uh, I am in and of myself is my greatest inspiration to drive forward and to inspire others to overcome whatever it is they have going on in their lives as well. For sure. I don't think there's anything wrong with drawing inspiration from yourself, man. I think that's super cool. Um, oh God, (laughs) do you believe in the standard normal, what's accepted when it comes to Christian belief systems surrounding God and, uh, Jesus and Christianity or where do you fall on that? I was, I would say I consider myself fortunate that I didn't grow up with any religious influence, whether Mm -hmm. it be Mormon or Christian, Catholic, whatever. I would say that their faith and devotion in in the fact that there is a power greater than us that created us uh, is well-founded. And I do feel, well, you know, Jesus is one of my homies. <laughs> uh, I do do find a lot of inspiration in him. And I, again, just go into my own heart. And, you know, when I feel his presence, you know, I listen to him and ask him, you know, how best he can, uh, 
you know, show me what I need to, to know so I can live more through my heart and, and be the expansive love that I feel I'm here representing. Uh, going back to uh, what I feel inspirates me, you know, it's going out into nature, you know, seeing all the insects, all the, the plants, the trees, the water, uh, just being, being out there. It's, it's very inspiring, especially as, you know, it, it feels like, again, another, another one of these things that, that is activating right now within me is, you know, ability to communicate with animals. Uh, as, as one example, I went on a camping, camping trip about this time last week and there was a crow. I heard her calling, you know, she was quite a distance away and I called her back, you know, just like, and we started having this verbal conversation back and forth and she was flying closer to me just to see you know who it was that was talking to her and you know she just once she found me she just started flying overhead calling at me and then she went on her way uh you know in that in that same moment there was a doe that crossed the road and normally you know when people see deer they just like you know they bound across the road and then they bound off they run Uh and you know, they're not seen from again. This one didn't run off. She was just, she bounded a little, little ways away and she turned around and looked at me and she's just like, you know how it is when, you know, like a, an animal shows up and, and humans are just like, what does it mean? What does this animal mean? Yeah. Uh, the feeling I was getting from her and, and the telepathic communication was like, she was saying the same thing. It's like, what does this mean? You know, she was looking at my energy field and, you know, it's very not like many people's energy. So she's like, wait, this is a human. What's going on here? But he looks and feels way different. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I was just like, okay. I said this to her aloud. I says, I love you. I have a message for your people. And so I, I transmitted an, uh, a package of, of energy that contained a message for, you know, the other deer in that area that, you know, hey, there are people that are waking up at a very rapid rate and soon coming time where we get to reunify with our animal brethren. Yeah, that's super cool. So if you're going to go back 10 years in time and you're going to meet and talk to yourself and say, hey, look, this is what life, not only what life's going to be like in 10 years, but this is kind of what I'm going to be like in 10 years. Would your older self be surprised, you think? Like, oh my God, that's completely (laughs) off the path of where I thought we were headed. Uh, The funny thing is, is that I already do this and my younger self kind of is just like skeptical Yet, again, through, you know, what I was talking about, about transmitting those those energy packets mm-hmm. or, you know, they're called energy gifts. Uh, he gets it and he's just like, oh, OK, so even though the, all this is going on, uh, I feel like I can have have the faith to keep moving forward and just keep on being happy. And, you know, as as I think back to that time, it's like. I do feel that that there was a presence just guiding me and nudging me to go forward. And, you know, at the time I didn't realize that was it was my future self doing it, yet here we are. That's a really convoluted, strange theory and concept. And when I say strange, not in any judgmental way. I mean, I'm because t- that's the kind of shit that I like to sit around and think about, right? Of course. So if you think about the dynamics of... And I'm going to draw parallels to Game of Thrones because I like Game of Thrones and it's a good show. But there's okay. this thing where there's a character in Game of Thrones that basically, um, for lack of a better term, he astral projects and goes forward and also goes back. Mm-hmm. And the realization he had in this one episode as he's in the in the past uh, observing observing something that is happening and taking place and realizing that him being there in the form that he was currently in during that whole kind of astral projection phase influenced that um, incident 
influence that experience. Mm -hmm. And so it's super bizarre and it's weird and it's strange to think that, you know, your younger self 10, 15, 20 years ago or whatever is interacting with you now currently kind of unbeknownst and unaware, but then how does that whole dynamic, see, I'm getting lost in the spin of my head. Like, do you think that you have the ability to go back and not change things in any way, shape or form, but influence and shape that younger person and then come back to this point in your life and see the effects of that? I would say that I'm experiencing like a butterfly effect of that now. Yeah. Uh, definitely it has it has shifted things quite a bit. Uh, you know, it's nothing I can really put into words. It's just like, you know, that feeling. It's like, okay, uh, I can feel myself uh, gaining in, in power and intensity and love and like things that used to really just send me into a tailspin and, you know, trigger me. It's just like, okay, it's not doing that so much anymore. These past experiences that used to do that, it's just like they're nothing. It's it's dissipated. And, you know, the thing of it is is that, you know, since we don't act – linear time doesn't exist mm -hmm. the way that we do, you know, it's it's perfectly possible. Even now, right in this moment, there's a future version of myself, you know, five, ten years from now doing the same thing, just keeping that intention flowing through through our hearts so that, you know, we eventually come to like the singularity and are able to transcend the need for a physical body as one example or uh, go back to the heavenly worlds where, you know, each of us truly come from, things like that. Yeah. See, then you can just go down that rabbit hole forever in a day. And get dizzy at some point because there's a lot of aspects that kind it's of. It's true. <laughs> but suffice it to say, you know, I I feel like we're we're witnessing a point in time where uh, all of the efforts of people who who do have the capability and awareness and also the mission to go through and uh, shift these different timelines, shift these different events, so as to provide the most amount of light to be uh, present in this now moment. Uh, I feel like we're coming to a culmination point where that work is going to see some fruits. Yeah. What do you think that fruit's going to be like? What do you think is going to happen? In one word, it, I feel like it's going to be peace. Mm -hmm. Like world peace? Is that what you're talking about? And I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here to a certain extent. But I think it's a beautiful idealistic way of looking at the world that somehow we're going to raise the vibration or we're going to alter and shift things enough to change the frequency mm -hmm. so that, you know, whether we want to think of it in the span of 10 years or 15 years or 100 years, that there will be peace on this planet and there's no longer going to be things like war mm -hmm. and hate and terrorism and all the different things that kind of plague the planet now at this point. Mm -hmm. um, but then I still have like a human, whether you want to think of it isn't the human side of me or my ego or whatever the case may be, that, you know, is really kind of challenged to think that that's possible. What do you think? I think the key thing to keep in mind is that the world uh, as it exists right now is all an illusion and can be dissolved and dispelled. Mm -hmm. And once it reaches a certain pitch energetically, <laughs> just like that, all these timelines, all these different elements that, that go to create and power this illusion disappear and the illusion collapses, we become unaware that anything had actually happened because it never existed in the first place and we go on our merry way. That's an interesting concept. That's that's one I'd because if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it sounds like you're talking about like we have alternate realities in a sense that are existing 
you know, at the exact same moment and the exact same times in space right now on this planet. And at some point it will come to a head where those will fall away and like the one true existence will proceed. And that's going to be the existence and the vibration of love and peace. That's a very concise way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. That's an interesting way to look at it. Um, what's some other crazy shit that you think, man? You got a brain full of it. I love that. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, that's a loaded question there. <laughs> uh, I would suge- suggest Google searching uh, the flat earth theory. Uh-huh. I don't feel like we're actually being told the truth by these different and, you know, know for a fact through experience that we're not being told the truth in any way, shape or form by any of these government agencies through these people claiming to be scientists, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, through validating the, this theory on, on my own to the point where I feel like, OK, we're definitely not on this globe spinning around uh, a sun at this fantastic speed, going through the galaxy at another fantastic speed and somehow managing to stay planted on on a sphere and uh, basically what it took for me was going on top of a mountain hill and just noticing how flat everything is yeah and you know mathematically speaking if the earth is curved uh we could we would not be able to see the base of the mountains like outside this studio that we're in you know that's more than six miles away it should uh mathematically speaking for every six miles uh, considering that they tell us the Earth is a, a sphere roughly 24,500 miles, uh, for every six miles, there should be 14 feet of drop. Yeah. And so if we're looking across at a mountain, we shouldn't, and it's like quite, quite a distance away, even though it appears to be like, oh, there's this curvature here, uh, really it's just like our eyes are not used to focusing like binoculars at the base of that mountain. We shouldn't be able to see the base of that mountain from that distance. So what are what what are your thoughts and ideas when it comes to that? I mean, what's the explanation that you, when I say that you've got it? I think a lot of times we challenge our beliefs and our thought processes, mm-hmm. and we might sit with something for a while and kind of let it marinate, and we might add some more stuff to it, or we might throw it out and find something new or something different. But where are you sitting in regards to that kind of whole concept and idea? Do you think that the Earth is flat? I feel like at this point, it doesn't matter to me. It, mm-hmm. mo- it's more important for me to simply be holding a vibration of love and peace and what I'd like to see happen so that we're better able to come together as a community. Uh, you know, I feel like if I'm going to focus on on this flat earth theory, it, it introduces a certain amount, a certain element of confusion and also of controversy. And, you know, it's fine to explore different theories, different possibilities, yet at the end of the day, you're still focusing on confusion, and that's not an energy that I want to focus on. Yeah, you're still kind of distracting yourself from what you really should be focusing on. Exactly. So that's a beautiful lead And Tell me what you should really be focused on in your mind, like not just what you do, but in people in general, what do you think is a good path for people to direct their attention and their focus and their energy on? I would never should on anybody. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, I feel like uh, my recommendation is simply to focus on what brings you joy, what brings you happiness, what makes you feel the most passionate and expressive, what helps you feel productive and also responsible. You know, that's that's one of the things that I really appreciated from my shamanic training was, you know, really learning what responsibility is. And it's really simple. 
responsibility is simply following what your heart feels that you get to do or what you want to do. So a desire, a heart-based desire, uh -huh. and going with that with all of your heart. Anything else that you know society tells us is a responsibility, that's not what pure responsibility is all about. Uh, doing things that, that helps you feel connected with yourself or with one another or with, with Mother Nature or with Father Sky, with whoever it is that, you know, if you're, you're capable of connecting with the spirit world, whoever you feel connected with this, you know, things like that that can help you bring in those connections and keep it pure, purely in love and trust, that would be my recommendation. So what brings Om joy? Playing in water. <laughs> You're a big fan of water. I love water. Yeah. Uh, meeting new people like you. <laughs> what else? What else do you like to do? Because I think that's, a, I like that you hit on that. I think that's a really important thing. I'll talk to people all the time, whether it's when we're working with clients or just my friends and family. I tell my kids this all the time, but it's like, you have to find what in life brings you joy mm -hmm. recognize what that feeling is because it's very much a heart-centered kind of freedom and joy inside and recognize that feeling and then just seek that feeling out and it doesn't matter in what way shape or form that that is mm -hmm. but do whatever it causes that feeling and once you find it do more of that exactly so what is some of the things that bring that feeling for you you know as you're talking about that you know I, what I do professionally as a massage therapist and also uh, I'm not even sure what to refer to myself as. I just feel like it's just me being myself. So, uh -huh. you know, just talking with people either, you know, through conversation or, you know, they've actually set up a, a healing consultation with me and just helping them unravel whatever it is that's bothering them so they can shine the brightest they possibly can and keep rolling forward with that, that catalytic reaction. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like it's coming to a point where my life is coming, it's coming to a shift point. It's like, yes, I'm doing this now, yet whatever the, the bigger picture role that our heavenly, heavenly parents had envisioned for me, I feel like, you know, uh, you know, doing this radio show in and of itself is an example of the unfoldment of, of their plan for, for me, for my life to find its fullest and deepest expression. That's cool. You know, what's cool with the podcast is we have people that are like every week I see online because we can track and blah, 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 and look at it. So there's going to be somebody in New Zealand that listens to this and hears your voice. Somebody in Colombia, mm -hmm. uh, Romania, Russia, all these different places where we're starting to be downloaded. And I think that's just amazing because that was it the really whole intention is. behind it. So some guy sitting somewhere, some lady, some person sitting on a beach somewhere is going to be listening to Ohm. And the words that you're saying, I think are going to resonate with a lot of people. Um, what did you do before all of this? First off, how old are you? That's what I'm trying to think too. How old do you think? Ah, see now you put me on the spot. <laughs> um, luckily I know you're not going to be offended in any way, shape or form, but if I had to guess, you're probably, I would say like early thirties. I'm tapping the tip of my nose. He got it. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you do before this? Well, did you spend any certain amount of time in a specific career or field or job, or did you kind of just work a bunch of different things? Oh, well, as I as I said earlier, I felt like a lot of the earlier part of my life it was just like this daze, like you know, a drugged up daze, and not really really able to focus or connect on anything. So I basically just 
floated from job to job. I worked at Walmart. I worked at, you know, all these different call centers. Uh, I worked up at University Hospital for a little bit. That was actually a really enjoyable job. I got to serve the the inpatients their their meals, and, you know, I had, met some really cool people doing yeah, that. Yeah, I bet. Where do you see yourself? And I know that it's a hard question to a- answer, but where do you see yourself in, like, five years? If, if you could map it out, if you could lay it out, and we're taking outside of the consideration of we're just letting the universe spin and we're not concerned with controlling it or anything like that. Of course. What would you like to be doing in five years? Oh, I'm actually just just looking to the future now and seeing what I'm seeing. I'm just seeing myself in a lot of different places all over the world. And it's like, I would describe it as like ceremony and also, you know, talking with people. It's not like a large crowd, but there are people listening to me. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's feeling like, you know, they're just getting what they need to be empowered at that point in their journeys and to go forth and, you know, be the best that they can be in their own communities because it feels like, you know, globally there's been a lot that's happened that's really shifted the the paradigm of how, how we're living. And so instead of like centralized power structures, it's like uh, everything, all of that feels like it's fragmenting and, and dissolving. Yeah. And... And so our communities are reforming, our tribes are reforming. And so I'm just going to these different places and giving them hope and inspiration so they can, you know, go back to their own communities and be like, okay, this is, you know, I just saw this really awesome guy, you know, I've been hearing a lot about him and, you know, he's, he said this to, to help us out. And, you know, I feel so empowered that we can actually accomplish this together. So it's like, it's like bringing like different different bits of these energy that has been activated within these people from them listening to my voice. Uh, my voice is key in this and helping them realize their own great worth and that they can in, in turn uh, activate the worth within those that they are around. Yeah, that's good. I mean, that's a hell of a plan for your five years. I like that a lot. I'm not planning this. This is just, <laughs> just universal flow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You used a you used a term you used a word that I want to go back on because one of the things that I like to do with the podcast is think that we're not just kind of spreading good energy and love and vibes and all that kind of stuff, but also educating people to a certain extent in the realm of spirituality and all the different things. <clears throat> so you used this term ceremony. Uh-huh. I know exactly what you're talking about, but somebody out there may not understand in the context of what you're talking about. So do the best that you can. I'm going to challenge you a little bit to describe what that means, what the, what the word ceremony means in relation to kind of spirituality and all of these different things. For me, the word ceremony is about bringing in all sorts of different elements in a sacred way with intention as to sanctify and amplify the pure energy that comes within a pure intention. So as one example of of this, you know, so I, I mentioned I went on a camping trip last week mm-hmm. and its sole purpose was to to go perform ceremony for uh, letting go of my past and fully just stepping into that vibration of love. Yeah. So, you know, there's a pure intention in that. So 
I simply call upon all those that, that resonate with my heart who operate on that frequency to come in and assist me with that process. And so, you know, going to what, what I was seeing in my immediate future in, in, in five years, it's like, it's like bringing in all these different people from different communities so they can activate their own pure intentions for what they'd like to create in their own communities and assisting them in keeping that in a sacred way, keeping that in a sacred space. Yeah. So another aspect of ceremony uh, from my perspective is that it's also a way that we can purely and, and in truth connect with, with our source and with the collective consciousness forms that, that represent uh, a love-based reality. That's a very, very good description of it, I think. Um, and I think also, too, I would add, uh, ceremony sometimes, or a lot of times, it's specific to the individual participating in it. And so it can look and feel, and there's not one wrong or right way to do it. It's always individualized. But go ahead. You had something else that you wanted to add? And another important element of a ceremony is also including your ancestors. You know, our DNA literally is is everything when it comes to how we operate and how we are interconnected. You know, it is a consciousness form, a wave rather than a particle. And, you know, without without our ancestors, without acknowledging that, then it becomes we become lost. And, you know, that's another aspect of what, what I'm here to do is to help humanity remember or access the records of it because there is a, a storehouse of records, a library of records in South America that has everything that was attempted to be destroyed or otherwise take out of, it, out of its sacred purity that it is part of my mission to help it become manifest and come back into the awareness of everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's through the ancestors that, that we're able to keep those connections to that, that pure information of, of who we are through our lineages. And, you know, going back to what was very first talked about, that was the intent behind having me be raised in another family because they wanted to erase any possibility that I would be able to connect with that that pure knowledge that my lineage, my ancestry had been able to tap into and keep in a pure space. So see, this brings up something and this is really like, I love talking to you because these are all really interesting things. Um, Cause we talked a little bit earlier about time and time not being linear in fashion and everybody kind of has their own viewpoint on the way that time works and things like that. Mm-hmm. But where do you, like, how do you wrap your mind around the concept and the idea? Because I understand what you're saying and not just bringing in for or bringing forth the energy of your ancestors and paying homage and all those kind of different things. Um, but how do you how do you wrap your mind around the concept of that? Because if time isn't linear, meaning, you know, the past, present, future, it kind of doesn't function and work that way, mm-hmm. then it doesn't make sense to me when I think about it in that regards where you're bringing in, you know, your ancestors into a space, but yet they're not your ancestors. Cause I mean, do, do they still exist? Are they existing in the same time and space that we are? And we're all just moving in conjunction or is there a past or is there a future? Well, I feel like for the purposes of talking about genetics and, and lineages and all that, 
there would be an ancestor who existed before, and I'm doing the low quotations hand mark <laughs> before us. And so, you know, whatever it is that they experience in their lifetime, whatever it is that they're doing to contribute to the the full manifestation of light returning to this world, that is then uh, kept and stored within our DNA, and then it's passed on through having children. And so going to the full question about, so how does this all really work out? Okay, so uh, I feel like time is actually a singularity where we could step into a moment that would appear to be the past or step into a moment that appears to be the future uh -huh. at will. And and so it's like, yes, you're, you're correct there where it's like uh, all these ancestors are – existing simultaneously with us yet as far as uh, linear time is concerned and since you know that is something that that affects us to to whatever extent that it does uh, the past present future uh, model still applies here here in this world does yeah. that make sense it does make sense it it makes sense on one hand and then on the other hand it gets way lost out there in the cosmos in my brain <laughs> <Yeah>. space <laughs> But uh, what are some of the things when you work with clients or when you meet people and you start talking to them about different things, what have you found are some of the things that kind of pop up generally where they, because I wanted you to explain the word ceremony in the context of spirituality and energy and things like that. What are some of those other things that you've found that sometimes people aren't aware of or that when I say you have to educate them and it's not that people move through life, you know, null and dumb and stupid or anything like that, but that you kind of have to explain to them. Hmm. Well, the thing of it is, is that unless I'm like directly engaged in the question, like, you know, how you're interviewing me now, mm -hmm. I really don't have much to say. Not because, you know, I don't feel like I have a contribution. It's just that, you know, what I have to say, most people aren't ready to hear. And a lot of the times uh, people are in, in denial about whatever abuse and traumas they may have have experienced in their past. And and so for me to really be effective, there has to be a certain openness to be discussing those topics. Yeah. And, you know, I'm one of those souls that, you know, I don't really do well with with the small talk. It's like, you know, I really just wanted to have like deep conversations with everybody that I meet. And it does happen for sure. Um, usually I just sit back and observe. And if, you know, if they're talking about some problem that they're having, it's just like sometimes I'll have like a channel from spirit come in just like, you know, just give them, offer them some sort of solution or uh, otherwise some hope and inspiration that they can make it through that particular situation. For the most part, it's just like, I just enjoy myself and enjoy, you know, observing people <laughs> being themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Do you find common things that, um, I know everybody is individualized and everybody is their own kind of unique person, but do you find that there are some common threads throughout people's kind of pain and suffering and some of the ways that it kind of blocks and gets held up in their energy? Mm, that they don't know really what to do with it or that there is a solution for it. I mean, I had to go through that myself when, you know, it really became apparent all these things that had happened in my past that, you know, all this stuff can be healed. I'm living proof of that. And, you know, until they're really ready, okay, I don't know what's going on. Please help me. Until yeah. they start asking those questions of themselves, uh, it's unlikely that they would uh, attract me into their space to to be that, that voice that they need to hear. Yeah. The, I think the universe does kind of work that way. I mean, you talked about 
somebody coming into your life, what was it, like 10 or 11 years ago, Mm -hmm. that kind of brought in a whole bunch of energy into your space and kind of helped you expand and become aware. And I think that is kind of the way that the universe works. (laughs) There's so many things that drive me nuts, not in a bad way, (laughs) just in a, man, we just really have to expand outside of some of these things. But that whole thing where it's like, when the student is ready, then the teacher will appear. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that's that's a cute bumper sticker, but I think that there's, there's stuff much deeper to that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about what do you find is most challenging for you, like in your space of kind of staying connected and staying in the space of your own personal spirituality and balance? So through through my shamanic path, you know, it was like a, a classroom so it was done in salt lake city from uh-huh. a through a woman who is of peruvian incan descent yet uh, she lives up in park city and chose to to do all of the the training as in a classroom setting and you know there are some people in the class that just r- really were not pure in their heart and actually quite the opposite mm-hmm. and so you know when we would do the homework which would be you know we'd be energetically working in somebody else's spaces and, you know, just telling what we see and uh, what's, what the light beings are, you know, channeling what the light beings are saying, things like that. Uh, They did some really unscrupulous things that set me back quite a bit. That's the best way I can put it. Yeah. And, you know, every now and then, even though I'm largely past those experiences and those tamperings, every now and then something will pop up where, you know, one of these people will just pop in my awareness and, you know, keep trying to do it. And it's like, yeah, you know, I've got bigger and better things to do. And I'm just going to focus on that. And so I would say that would be one impediment, just, you know, instead of it being like, you know, an outright tampering, it's now just like, okay, just a momentary shift of focus, a fluctuation. And into a place I really don't want to be, and it ha- really has nothing to do with me anyway. Yeah. Do you ever have a fear that um, that you're going to go back, meaning like you're going to kind of revert back to the <laughs> nor- not the normal way, but the to the way that you kind of moved through life prior to this experience of kind of finding spirituality and energy in the universe? Or do you ever worry that you're going to go back? Like, is that a fear that you carry? That does come up every now and then, yes. Like, is there an aspect of you that just kind of thinks that you're, I mean, you're living out there in Never Never Land in your own head and spinning all of these things up? And, I mean, you know, the reality is science may be right and the world is uh, a spinning planet and the universe and we're going around the sun at X number of miles an hour. And do you ever worry that you're going to go backwards in your thinking or kind of fall back into some old behaviors? Well, again, yes, it does coming up every every now and then. And I just look at it like like me being thorough, me very being very complete with with that that level of whatever it is I'm working through. Um as far as being outright fearful of it, I have I can't say that I felt that in quite a few years. Good. Um I had another question that just popped into my head too, because I'm thinking about your story and your past and your experiences and what you've been through. Mm-hmm. How has that affected your relationships, you think, like now as an adult and things? Like, do you find it challenging and difficult to be in a relationship? Because, I mean, the fact is, 
that's obviously going to stem, that's going to bring up trust issues and all sorts of different things. And if you experience sexual abuse as a child and all these kind of different things, how do you, um, how do you, how do you find that you manage relationships? You know, that's probably where I'm still working on that, that particular aspect in uh, rebuilding my ability to be intimate. And intimacy isn't just like, you know, physical intimacy, you know, Uh it is a really far broader subject than, you know, uh, most would would give it give it that sort of thoughts. Yeah, it's a big spectrum when it comes to intimacy, and and part of that is you know forming relationships, and you know it really hasn't been been a simple thing for me through my life. It's like uh, you know for the longest time, like having having one or two friends was like a miracle. It's like, it wasn't easy even just to keep, keep those friends that uh, seeing as, you know, they were also going through the same thing. They were probably thinking the same thing. It's just like, I don't really have a lot of people they can trust yet. He keeps coming back and he treats me generally speaking the way that I like to be treated or how I'm used to being treated. Yeah. Yet he's not, not threatening me in any way. So, you know, that's, really how some of my closest friendships I have now have, have developed. Uh, as far as the present moment, I'm just like not putting like a conscious, conscious thought into, into forming the relationships. I'm just like, okay, this is something that's just going to happen through, through natural attraction and, and through, uh, you know, it just being the right time. So I'm just going to focus more on my heart and in repairing those parts of my heart that have been damaged through all these different experiences. And as you know, my heart is, you know, really, really strong, really stable right now. You know, I'm feeling it right now. It's like, (laughs) and the thing of it is, is like, I'm not really concerned about it anymore. What, what is concerning to me is just really just amounting to, okay, if I really uh, tied up all the loose ends, am I, am I done here? And, you know, ready to really just allow the healing to fully, to fully, uh, form and take place. Uh And it's like, it's, it's coming up quickly. It's just like, you know, just like many different things. It's just like, it just feels like we're coming as, as a collective to a culmination point. And, you know, really it's just like having patience and rebuilding patience and just being that area of patience. Do you think that this culmination of society and the collective and the and the, all of that kind of stuff the thing that you kind of keep referencing and talking about do you feel like that that is something that we are on the cusp of i think that we're actually a few years into into that process it's mm-hmm. just that you know there is so much that has to be shifted and so much that has to be done that you know we're at coming at to this point where it's like uh people are becoming receptive to the concept of of community of unity and you know other other concepts along those lines. And it's also that, you know, people who, who on a spirit level, you know, decided to go into these deep places and, and clear, clear that out so that others wouldn't have to, uh, you know, our work is, is coming to its completion point as well, where it's like, it's kind of like a rejuvenation phase right now, kind of, uh, like getting, getting ready for the storms. That makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you think that it's something that you're going to see in your lifetime? Without a doubt. You think so? See, I don't know, man. I'm kind of on the fence. I think that 
there's times that I'll wake up and I'll move through the day and I'll kind of move through my week or whatever with just such positivity and such happiness and joy and light and seeing all the beautiful things in the world. And then the next week will be full of shit where it's like, (laughs) you just see society sometimes for the way that it is and the way that people move through life and a lot has to change. But I don't think, this is another thing too, I don't think it's change, I think it's evolution. I think a lot has to evolve. And I think that it is evolving and I think that it is changing. Um, And I'd like to see it in my lifetime. I'd like to see the disillusion of war and terrorism and hate and really people coming at things from a different point of view. And I think what's happening is I think that all of those things, when it comes to kind of negative energy, I think all of those things are coming to a peak I think they're kind of it's like a crescendo they're building and they're building and they're building and it seems like there's more and more happening and they're more and more severe in a sense but I think that's because they're coming to a peak where they're going to suddenly shift and drop and change that's what I think is happening is it possible that it's also coming up because people are ready to deal with these these issues collectively and also within themselves and that's just a natural reaction through through whatever uh, influences the universe presents to us. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, I think it's, you know, I think when you start to expand your mind outside of the concepts of what society normally thinks or describes or explains away things as and just look for not just necessarily answers but different ideas, you know, I think that any of the things that we've been talking about really are just our own individualized perspectives. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sitting here preaching from my pulpit, and I know that you're not either. (laughs) It's not like we're trying to change the minds of anybody out there. It's all about kind of planting seeds and giving people the opportunity to look at and think about things just simply in a different way. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes that's all that has to happen is really people bringing awareness to that whole concept and idea of, I'm going to think about something differently. Mm -hmm. And it's as simple as that. Well, it reminds me of of something that has resonated with me throughout the years, and it's like the best teachers make the best students, yet the best teachers and the best students teach slash learn through example. Yeah. I think we always, as children, we just learn by example. We learn by watching people. We learn by watching our parents or, you know, absorbing what's happening to us from the environment that we're in, the energy that we're in as children. And I think it's a misnomer to think that when we grow up as adults that we somehow change and that we don't learn that way. I think we're always learning that way. I think we just learn and absorb the energy that we're surrounded by. And on a very basic level, like you can watch somebody sweep a floor And after watching that person sweep a floor so many times, you now know how to sweep a floor. Mm -hmm. Whereas opposed to never seeing anybody sweep a floor, somebody hands you a broom, you're not going to really know what to do with it. Bingo. (laughs) And so I love that idea and that concept that I'm just kind of always learning and absorbing and kind of moving through life that way where I'm excited to kind of expand and evolve. But I want to give you the opportunity, um, throw out the contact information for... Uh, Bristol Cabins, so people can find that. So you can find uh, Bristol Cabins at bristolcabins.org and my own personal website at anintegratedspirits.com. 
And then do you have anything on Facebook? Do you have a Facebook page for the stuff that you do? Yeah, I do have a Facebook fan page. It is uh, Om, O-M-M-T-A-R-O McManus, M-C-M-A-N-U-S. And that's my my professional page. And, you know, if you want to, you can also just look up Ohm McManus on Facebook and find my personal page. Either work. Yeah. But that's the best way to get a hold of you and contact you and reach out. Yes. Um, do you have anything coming up this month? Not necessarily this month, but this summer or anything like that that you're going to be participating in or doing? Or do you guys have any big things planned up at the cabins? In October, having a, a festival, like a like an end-of-year festival, uh, produced by the lovely Anna Sierra. <laughs> and, yeah, that will be, like, the first couple weeks of October. And, you know, stay tuned to my Facebook. I'll have more details about that as that evolves. Yeah, I hope that's what – because Anna was on the podcast, and she talked about that, uh, wanting to do a retreat or do a, a festival and kind of an event up there. So – I'm hoping that's what you're talking about because I've talked down about that and it's going to be it nice. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's super sweet. That'll be fun. Well, thank you so much, Om. I really, really appreciate you taking the time and coming out. Um, super interesting guy. And I didn't quite know what to expect, but I knew something was going to happen and something <laughs> definitely did happen and I'm excited. So thank you so much. It's my pleasure, brother. Uh, everybody just got done listening to the wonderful old McManus on the Energies Love podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. He's super interesting guy. So uh, listen and subscribe and all that kind of good stuff. But take some of these concepts and ideas and throw them out there in your head and expand your mind and just think about something different. Go out after you're done listening to this. Look at something and shift it and change it and look at it from a different perspective. But thank you, everybody. And everybody go out and have a beautiful, wonderful day. We love you. <laughs> yes, we do. We definitely love you. It is my mind. I can do with it as I as I choose. My vibration is so unique. You know, Jesus is one of my homies.